everybody welcome it's the new john simmons show part of the testimony house network where you can find god's sentence for your life and become the new you where we talk about finding passion vision and faith in your walk with christ so that your life can overflow with joy peace and hope today love that song reggie says on uh the good old facebook live stream that's up and going on your social media accounts, you can uh, just click on in. Come on by. I love that song. Toby Mac, Lights Shine Bright. Reggie's Lights Shine Bright. Good old integrity. Thanks for tuning in tonight, brother. I appreciate you. And everybody else who's joining us on Facebook Live and in your radio, text line is open tonight, 314-880-0808. Very, very excited about tonight's show, everyone. We have a very special guest coming up uh, in the second segment. So you're going to have to stick around or come back around 920, 925 to be able to hear my interview with the director of Paul, the Apostle of Christ, Andrew Hyatt, who I had the opportunity to talk to earlier this afternoon. Boy, is this guy got some stuff going on. Incredible testimony. I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. So that's coming up in the second segment. Going to be talking with Andrew Hyatt. Very pumped that uh, was able to pull that off, even though the movie's already in theaters. PaulMovie.com is the website to get tickets if it's still playing in your area. A couple news and notes before we get going. Tomorrow night, we have been doing our weekly series on motivational gifts on Friday. Kevin Eskew has been joining us from Testimony House to discuss uh, the seven motivational gifts and Try and encourage you to find what yours is and how to develop it to become a person focused on walking out God's sentence for their life. We've already taped that episode tomorrow. So it's going to be pre-recorded. So don't look for the live stream tomorrow night. But if you want to tune in or catch the episode on the podcast, it'll be up tomorrow as well. Uh, we're still sharing the information. Just won't be doing the live stream tomorrow. So if you're tuning in at 9 o'clock tomorrow saying, where's John at? What's he up to? I'll be watching my children. We'll be hanging out, and they'll be sleeping probably. But uh, life sometimes throws you curveballs, and you got to go through it, and you got to just uh, take them as they come. So appreciative of all of you being patient with us as we continue to just provide some, hopefully some encouragement to you. And uh, sometimes we have some behind-the-scenes issues, but we're, we're un, un uh, what's the word? I should think of the word before I start talking on the radio. Uh, you know, we're, we want to be able to do this for you. It's not going to stop us. So uh, we will still have this conversation with Kevin. He had to come in tonight. We had a last-minute recording session. It was like uh, like the good old days, recording podcast uh, before the live stream. Part of our live started. Very excited about that. We're talking about the gift of compassion tomorrow. So the gift of compassion 
I want to talk for a moment in this first bit of the show, something that happened recently in my life, not necessarily in my life, that I've, I've heard some people talking about, and it's just driven me nuts. And I'm not mad about it. You know, it'll, it'll sound like I'm mad, but I'm not really mad. I'm not, like, angry at anyone. I'm not about to tell you how dumb some people are. No, I... I I get I get I get this way because I get frustrated as a perceiver, someone who walks in perceiver gifts. I see things in black or white. And when it comes to God's will and it comes with people making their lives better, I am generally the person who says, "I want to see your life get better." However, you whatever path you need to get there or whatever path you're looking to walk, I should say, I want to encourage you in that whether you're trying to get out of debt or lose weight or get closer to Christ or be a better parent or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, I want to encourage you. I want to give you hope. And when I hear people struggle finding hope, and then they sort of start blaming other people, and they start looking to people who give hope or give encouragement or give advice, and they start just tearing those people down, I think it's 75% or more of jokes are cutting humor, humor that are jokes that, by their very nature, tear someone down. You make fun of someone else. You make fun at their expense. You make fun of a type of person. These are the jokes that are most commonly told. And I think this stems from both insecurity and also observation. It is funny to laugh at some things people do sometimes, but if you're doing it from a motivation of, you know, you're not being compassionate. Now, again, all of this stems from two conversations I heard earlier in the week about the exact same subject. Two different people groups, same subject, same complaints. And it's just, uh, I've just been thinking about it never, and I can't stop sort of going over it in my mind. I didn't join, I didn't join any of these conversations. I didn't jump in to add my two cents, but you're going to hear my two cents tonight. And if those people who were talking about it were listening, you're going to, you're going to hear what (laughs) I heard y'all talking. I heard you. And I was so sad for you. I get sad for people who, who get frustrated when they can't find answers to the problems that they have. Well, what is it, John? Would you get around to it? Yes, I'm trying to build some suspense, guys. <laughs> Am I, did it work? Or are you just tired? Of, listen to me. The Dave Ramsey Show. The Dave Ramsey Show airs three hours a day, five days a week. Dave Ramsey is a financial advice person. He's been on the radio for 25 years, a Christian guy, and he uses his airwaves to take phone calls and to share the testimonies of people who have gotten out of debt or found success in money, but also to share the countless stories of people who are still very much in peril. And lots and lots of debt, student loan debt, commercial debt, credit card debt, all sorts of debt. Everybody's got debt, debt, debt. Uh, not surprising considering the nation, I think, has $9 trillion. I think that's the right number in credit card debt right now. Ooh, that's a lot of zeros. We put a lot on the credit cards. We don't like paying stuff off, I guess. We, we like stuff. We like to have stuff. We don't necessarily like to pay it off. So I heard two conversations where people were ripping I mean, 
as many things as they could think to say negative about Dave Ramsey, they were saying it. And this, this got to me. I mean, I don't expect unbelievers to say nice things. And I don't expect believers to always, you know, side with the Christian just because he's a Christian. But I do struggle with people who can't understand. And I was this way too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. No, I was this way. I was in, I would have been in these conversations. I would have been just as loud and just as frustrated when we don't know the answers to our problems and people are trying to give hope. Sometimes it goes over our head. Sometimes it goes in one ear, not the other. Sometimes we want to blame them and say that, well, their method wouldn't work for us. And that was a lot of the conversations that I was hearing. Two different people groups, both complaining about Dave Ramsey. I heard a group say that the only people who get out of debt are people who are making $100,000 a year and you know they pay it off in three or six months. And if you're familiar with the show, they have what they call these debt-free screams where people who have spent uh, a good amount of time saving their money using the steps that Dave Ramsey teaches other people to get out of debt and they come and they celebrate this victory in their life. Imagine if, if you're in debt and you got out of it, how excited you would be. If someone showed up and paid that bill off or all the bills that you had in your, in your, in your bill box, how exciting a moment would that be? Well, Dave teaches you to be the person who's paying off the bills in the box. And one of the complaints I heard in one of these conversations was that, well, I don't make enough money like the people that watch the Dave Ramsey show. (laughs) Well, I can't get out of debt because I don't make enough. Well, (laughs) you know, that's not Dave's fault, is it? Is it is it Dave's fault that you don't make enough money? <laughs> this is just an observation. If you're upset with Dave Ramsey for, you know, trying to help people get out of debt and you say that his method doesn't work because you don't make enough money, that seems silly. His method works. You just don't make enough money. And you continue to add to your debt pile by not making wise decisions. Now, I am uh, – look, man, uh, guilty as charged is a person who made the worst – financial decisions humanly possible. I know what it's like to make bad decisions. I'm not trying to throw anybody under a bus. But if someone's trying to help you, man, why are we saying negative things against people like this? Another another group just talking about how it's so unrealistic and that they don't know anybody who's done what he's said. And, well, have you listened? For 25 years, thousands of people have gotten out of debt. It's about the choices and the decisions that we make in our lives that affect our future, whether it has to do with money or relationships. There's no, uh, you know, perfect way. Does Dave's way work for every single person? Absolutely not. But the concepts of being, you know, a steward of your money. Now, if you don't make enough money, yeah, some people don't make enough money to pay their bills. And I want to encourage us to think, well, how can we? Do we need to lower the bills, move into a lower house, or do we need to increase the wages? And if we can't increase the wages tomorrow, can we get on a path to increase the wages? Can you put yourself in a position to, a description once told to me, if you're on a ladder at your job and you've already reached the top rung and you're still not making enough, it might be time to get on a ladder that's got more rungs on it. Start climbing up that, even if the rung you have to start on is lower than where you came from. 
you don't have somewhere to go further ahead, it's going to be difficult to attain what you're looking for in, in money. Look, man, at one point, I think I had 11. This was my, I think my highest. I had 11 payday loans out throughout the city. 11 at the same time. If you had a payday loan neon sign in your window, John, I came a knocking. Hey, you got some money for me? I got big old fat paychecks from the casino, and I could leverage those to get those payday loans that had a 600%, 600% interest rate on them. That's true. I had one that was 682%. I didn't care. I need that money. And then I would go immediately and blow it. Immediately. I'd go bet something. I'd go pay somebody off. I'd go to the casino. Whatever it was, that money was spent long before I showed up to the payday loan place. It's one of the reasons I defiled bankruptcy at 22. I made the worst decisions. But here I am, born-again believer, realizing that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I'm not motivated by the heart choices of my old life. I'm trying as best I can. Now, I still make dumb decisions with money. I just hopefully don't make as dumb decisions, and I hopefully repent as quick as I can when I do make dumb decisions. But I'm not going around knocking people who are trying to help other people. If you're complaining that Dave Ramsey's not really helping anybody, what good is that done for anything? Like, does that get you out of debt? Does that make you feel better because you're in debt? Or are you just are you struggling with debt and so you're you're lashing out at someone? I get it, man. It's hard, and it's not just debt. It's any any anything. I'm, I've I've heard some people talk about me, and he talks about Jesus too much. Well, if you talked about Jesus just a little bit less, maybe you could do a better job at reaching people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the devil wants me to do that. I'm sure. I'm sure the devil would love it if I shut up. <laughs> I'm sure people would. More people would be in debt if Dave Ramsey shut up too. I'm not saying it's the perfect plan, but why are we just, it, it hurt my feelings for not just because it's a Christian guy and they're attacking him, but if you're in debt and, and I, and I hear in the, in the voices of the people that were mocking this guy, it's obvious that you're struggling. It's obvious. I, I would love to be able to help you, but if you're in the mindset that no one can help you and that there's some reason you're in the position you are and it's, it has nothing to do with your own decisions. That's a rough place to be. I've been there. <laughs> it took a, a whomping on the head for me to change my mind about money. I didn't even tithe when I first got born again. I The first time a pastor asked me for money, I said, there ain't no way I'm putting that money in that bucket. I was happy to pass that bucket along when it came to me, and I would smile. See, I'm not giving you guys no money. I tithe now. <laughs> There's blessings attached to the tithe. There is... Uh, an, it's an act of submission. God created money, folks. He don't need you to put the money in the bucket. He needs your, to see your heart be willing to put the money in the bucket, not just the money in the bucket, to put your time in, uh, in, in efforts to serve other people, to put your time into your Bible reading, to submit your life to do his will above your own. It's difficult to serve God's will. It's difficult to lose weight. It's difficult to get out of debt. But we have to learn to stop blaming other people in these situations. Oh, well, if I wasn't so stressed, I wouldn't eat so much. Oh, if it was just summertime, I'd go outside and walk. <laughs> this is what I tell myself. I'm you peek into the curtain, folks. We all got our struggles, don't we? 
if you're if you're if your struggle is debt and finances and you're burdened by them don't blame everybody else now, i'm not saying some of it couldn't be your fault maybe you do have a terrible job but let's start looking how you can make decisions to get a better one now i'm not saying it's going to happen overnight and things might take a long time to change i'm not i'm not this person who's like well they just if they got a better job everybody they they they're going to make themselves look grace is needed in the kingdom of heaven and in the people's lives that are struggling. You might be born again believer and be struggling with money for a long time before you see breakthrough. But stop blaming other people. This is what happened in the garden, by the way. You're not the first person to blame other people. When the devil talked Eve into eating the apple and God showed up in the garden, he's like, where are y'all at? And they were hiding. Adam goes, well, we were making clothes because we were naked. And God's like, who told you he was naked? And God asked them if they ate from the the tree. And they said, yeah, the woman made me do it, Adam said. That woman, everything was good, God. You and me, we was hanging out. We was having a good time. We was just naming all the animals. Everything was great. That woman showed up. She made me do it. And then God looks over at Eve and he, she's like, oh, no, it was that serpent. That serpent made me eat that apple. He he was a trickster. He made me eat that apple. And all of a sudden, everybody's blaming everybody else. That's what I hear when I hear people complaining about Dave Ramsey or anything. We're complaining because we haven't figured out the solution to our problems yet. It's easier to make fun of somebody else to disregard good advice because we're unwilling to humble ourselves to receive it. It's hard. Life is hard. Complaining by blaming other people is not the solution to our problems. Christ, hey, guess what? Go to Christ in all things, the Bible says, with thanksgiving and in prayer and supplication. Make all your requests known to the Lord. Psalms 37 says you can pray and ask God for the desires of your heart. Is your desire to get out of debt? Is your desire to lose weight? Is your desire to get in that relationship you've been longing for? Stop complaining why that the you know the girls just don't like me because I'm whatever. Oh, I've tried everything. These dating apps, they don't work. Why are we complaining about everything else? My boss doesn't realize my potential. We like to complain about other people. It's a sign that we haven't looked inward. And that's what Christ came to die on the cross for us. Because when we start looking at ourselves, we'll recognize the darkness and the dirt that's in there. And when we see Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to start giving up some of that dirt. And we're going to start asking for him to remove it from our lives. A relationship with Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is what's going to solve your problems. Not complaining. Prayer, getting in a good Bible-based church, start asking for a vision for God for your life so that you can see the future ahead of you instead of looking at the bills and saying they're never going to be paid and blaming Dave Ramsey for having a dumb plan. You're going to say, well, God's got a plan for me to get out of debt. It may not be Dave Ramsey's plan. But God's got a plan for you to get out of debt. He's got a plan to use your gifts to bring you in front of kings, make you famous, and give you riches. If you knew that was in the Bible, I bet you'd be reading the Bible more. Guess what? It is. God's plan for your life is to make your gifts make room for you, bring you in front of kings, make you famous, and give you riches. Paraphrasing. But it's truth. Scripture. The Bible says these things. Just saying. John Rant over. When we come back, we will uh, discuss all about the Paul movie. 
With who? The director of the film himself. He'll be joining us on the program, the new John Simmons show. When you come back, Want to see behind-the-scenes photos and get the latest news from the show? All you have to do is follow at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get back to the New John Simmons Show. He's on Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's the New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. We're here. We are here each and every weeknight at nine o'clock, trying to encourage you to find passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ. We really believe that God has a plan for your life to change and transform the future, uh, give you a hope that you've never experienced before, bring satisfaction that can really fulfill that that need. And that desire you've had to really make something of your life, God has created you to make something of your life. First, it takes knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then it takes following Christ. Transformation is difficult. Maybe one of the most iconic transformations a Christian has gone through is the story in the Bible of Paul, who was Saul, becomes Paul, uh, a man who murdered Christians, and then later became one and became the author of most of the New Testament that we now see as Scripture and follow the teachings passed down to him through Christ. And we're able to use these words to be encouraged today in so many ways, to find joy, peace, and hope in our lives, to be able to see God move in our lives in a world that's very difficult to find hope in and that we look most of the time to ourselves Christ has left us this book that has really allowed us to know all that we need to know and learn all that we need to learn in regards to our faith walk and who Christ is. Paul was a Christian, and he was just a man, just like you and me. He wasn't some special guy. He was called out of his normal life to do something marvelous for Christ. You can have the exact same type of life like he did where you were taken from your old life, as Romans 6, 4 says, and begin your new life in Christ once you receive the gift of salvation. Paul, the Apostle of Christ film, came out just a week or so ago. It's in theaters now. Paulmovie.com is the website. This film was an incredible film I saw with my wife uh, just about a week and a half ago or so. An incredible movie that portrayed many things, including points of view of many Christians in the early church, the story of Paul himself, it even stars the guy who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. A huge film for our Christian faith, one we want to support by going to see ourselves. I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity to talk with Andrew Hyatt, who directed and also wrote the screenplay for this film. It is, again, a wonderful film I want everybody to enjoy and to go see. But until then... Let's enjoy this conversation I had with Andrew Hyatt where I asked him, Andrew, what is the Paul movie all about? Sure, yeah. Well, we uh, we take a, a moment of his life that maybe we, we haven't uh, heard all the time and aren't uh, so familiar with, which is the very end. So this is Paul in Rome uh, right at the end of his life uh, in the Mamertine prison, you know, that he's already been uh, convicted and, and tried and 
uh, will be executed by, by Emperor Nero. And really, the film centers around this uh, early Christian community uh, in, stuck in Rome at a time when persecution is is kind of out of control. Uh, Emperor Nero is uh, kind of, uh, he's blaming them for these fires that have overtaken the city. And it's really about how does Paul's life and experience speak into not only uh, the first century church, but but into ours in, in 2018. So we tried to give a very beautiful and and, um, and maybe fresh glimpse in, into the life of Paul. I had a great feeling watching this movie that, man, this is really speaking to us today and maybe bringing some light to some of the things that's going on here in the Christian church in America, because you were bringing to light in your film. You did such a great job portraying the life of Paul and all of the point of views of all the different Christians. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you about to start off was this idea that, you know, the Christian church was really being persecuted here in, in, in the time of Nero and the end of Paul's life. And it's something we haven't faced today. What was your, you know, what were you trying to express through these sorts of conversations? And you had the scene, especially with Luke talking to uh, these believers who might have mm. haven't given their life to Christ, and this isn't something we face today. Is it was, how intentional was this sort of moment for you? Well, I think you know, uh, uh, going in, I never wanted to have any sort of maybe agenda or any sort of idea of what the film needed to be or had to be, and it was really open to prayer and just trusting that God would speak something to the film, the Holy Spirit would move to the film. So it was incredibly uh, impactful that this you know, really historical scriptural theme emerged. And, you know, what it's really reminding people of, and, and it, again, it wasn't something that until after the film was made that really came out, is just how closely connected the first century community, the first century Christians were with a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world, like today in 2018, who are experiencing that similar persecution for their faith. And like you say, it's totally correct that we, it's, it's tough for us here in America to have a context of that and an understanding of, of that, you know, you know, we, we sometimes think uh, that we're really persecuted here. Um, but, you know, we, we read our Bibles whenever we want. We go to church on Sunday without, you know, maybe some of the worst things that happen to us or we get a mean message on Facebook right. or something. Mm-hmm. And, and and we just don't have that context. So one of the really impactful things coming out was, whoa, what a deep conviction of faith to to go to your death joyfully and at peace, knowing the the truth of Jesus Christ. And and I hope that it convicts a lot of us here in this country and, and inspires us to, to maybe go a little bit deeper. Yeah, it it did in the car ride home. You know, you hope that your movie gives people conversation. Me and my wife were having this conversation. There was a line in the film where Paul says, you know. Men don't die for things they doubt. And to me, it was just such a gripping quote of, you know, our faith in today and how we can sort of express us. And I had thoughts of my own children in one of the scenes. You, in fact, several of the scenes, you know, we talk about the mortality of even the children of that time. Right. And I think, you know, looking at my children, would I be able to encourage them in the way that you portrayed in the film, that we encourage our children in the early church? You know, this faith is worth dying for at the sake of what persecution you're facing. It's, it's, yeah, and the, the answer is I feel just like you. I, I don't know. I, I'm convicted myself. Can I, Could I stand up for my faith? Could I deal in that moment and be able to inspire and encourage others as, as many of our brothers and sisters that have come before us have done? And, um, and you know, it's it really is impactful and, and something to think about and, and remember to pray about. I guess that's, 
that's the hope for us in America at the moment. You know, we don't we don't know the future. We don't know what will happen. But can we prayerfully really dig into our faith deeper and say, God, I, I want that conviction. I want that sort of faith where where I can stand up for for this and, and not deny you, Jesus, if that's what it came to. And, and so I love that these are the conversations that are happening because I think they're very healthy for us in the American church. Yeah, it was a sobering moment there. You had sobering moments for my faith while I was watching the film, but ultimately it's a, a film about hope through Christ and that Paul obviously is trying to share his faith with the multitudes. And I love that Luke sort of sets it up and Paul's like, why do I even need to write these things down? Their faith is their faith. And Luke's like, no, you need to encourage us. And so I really liked that you mentioned earlier that you really went from a biblical perspective. We've seen some movies lately uh, centered around Bible times, and it looks like they've taken some you know, liberties, adding people to the boat in Noah and things like that. Yeah. So what was it for you right. uh, when you were writing this and putting this together where you focused on the biblical accuracies? Well, you know, that, that, that's how I felt. I mean, I, I'm the audience as much as all your listeners are the audience, and, and I felt in seeing some of these biblical representations that they weren't, they weren't accurate to my faith or my understanding of the faith. And so one thing about bringing this to the screen is I just, I wanted it to be authentic and I wanted it to be not only scripturally accurate, but just, you know, to, to come from a real deeper faith perspective so that, you know, the audience could leave feeling like, whoa, that really spoke to me and that right. really awakened something in me. Um, so it really came from that. You know, I, I just haven't been very happy with right. mm -hmm. biblical representation since Passion of the Christ. And it, and it was time to kind of, hey, let's let's have a film about our own faith that we can bring to the screen and, and do it in the way that we know is true. Yeah, you mentioned Passion of the Christ. What was it like to work with the Jesus? I don't want to say it was a step down from Jim, but it's the <laughs> truth. You <Yeah>. know, I, <laughs> how do you go from playing Jesus to, to anything else? Right. But, uh, no, it was uh, it was great, and you know the real the real uh, truth of it is that you know Jim Jim kind of yeah, I don't want to say he swore off making Bible movies, but really said you know I, I'm I'm a passion of Christ. There may be a future uh, resurrection film, but um, really hadn't been interested. But he read the script and what he loved and what he really brought to set every day and was uh, and and really was helpful in that is that he loved the humanity of of these individuals. He loved that that he could bring somebody to the screen like Luke that could remind an audience that, Hey, remember like these people are just like you, you know, we, we tend to sometimes right. put them on the pedestal and say, wow, I could never be like Paul. I could never be like Luke. I could never, you know, fill in the blank. And that's just not true. I mean, they were exactly like us. They, they had doubts and flaws and weaknesses and God used them because of that. So uh, he really was inspired by the idea of bringing not only a humanity to Luke, but even a humor. You know, how often in Bible films do you laugh, right? <laughs> right, exactly right. I mean, not often. Yeah, everything seems to be so somber. And they also, it seems that as Christians, filmmakers, especially, and you have a better pulse on this than I do, is that it's like we have this wonderful book that encourages and gives hope to us throughout our lives, but it's like the only time we tell stories, it's from this book, and we can't get outside of it. So from your perspective, maybe, as you said, you know, you sort of have seen Christian movies maybe not uh, pan out to be what you expect them to be or not be growing like they like this year. We've only going to see a handful of Christian films in theaters. So what would you like to see moving forward in like the Christian filmmaking or TV space? I guess the hope is that, you know, there does seem to be a little bit of a, of a flow now of, of these films kind of coming out and certainly not as consistent, I know, as we we would hope. But 
I think that the hope is that now that they start becoming more visible, you know, you know, these these films are sort of visible on a national, if not worldwide scale. They really, I hope that the bar just starts to keep raising higher and higher and higher, you know, for, for artistically excellent, uh, theologically excellent, uh, you know, scripturally excellent, that all these things keep keep adding into it. You know, it's almost like it feels to me, uh, you know, we kind of just went through this big gap where there there was no kind of art being created in the church, and now you start to see it. So I love this idea that we can start challenging each other to, to make better and better films, better and better art. We're here with Paul Hyatt. I'm sorry, Andrew Hyatt, who directed Paul, Apostle of Christ movie. He's here with us talking about the film and so much more because, Andrew, I wanted to talk to you for a moment. You know, we see the transformation of Paul in the film. We see even – I really liked what you did. And even though the movie is about Paul and even titled about Paul, you see the point of view of Luke and of the Christian community that's built up there and how some of them are called to stay and some of them are called to leave. And it really speaks to this idea that God has a, a unique plan for all of us. And that's one of the things we talk about here most on the show is finding God's unique plan for your life and really following it. And I'm curious to know about how you became a director of Christian films and sort of how you felt that call in your life to produce material like this. Sure. Well, you know, the truth is I never wanted to make Christian films or Bible films. And, mm. and in fact, if if you would have told me that when I got into film school, I, I might have gotten in a fight with you, which I know <laughs> is ironic uh, right. making uh, a biblical film. But, um, no, you know, uh, just, just shortly, I think it is important to kind of know the journey, which is, you know, I grew up in the church, and um, I did what a lot of young people do is I, I got to college and and I kind of saw this brand new world of, of parties and drinking and drugs and, and all these things. And I asked myself, you know, okay, well, what does my faith tradition that I grew up with have to say about this? And for me personally, it, it didn't have anything relevant to say. So, I, you know, I walked away from the church for about seven years. Mm. And then I had a major, um, you know, reconversion back. And it was a very similar Damascus Road kind of experience, you know, I was, I was living, you know, it was, it was just, I was totally ingrained in the Hollywood culture. Um, you know, I wanted to be famous. I was career driven. I wanted everything, you know, that was kind of anti-gospel and, um, and, and God, you know, always, you know, never gave up on me, pursued me this whole, whole way. And, and then, so when I had this moment and, and really it was a knock me on my, you know, behind and drag me out of the mud moment, um, thanks be to God. And, and, and really, that was the first time that I understood, like, the gifts and, and, and these things that are given to us, you know, they're given us, to us for God's purpose. Right. And, and that's the point. And, and I never really understood that before. I, I kind of always separated faith and, and career or faith and, you know, calling and all these things and, and never really understood, you know, God gave you interests and passions and, 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 and purpose uh, for his glory, not for your own. Right. And, so it really came out of that, and, and then I just felt God kind of just constantly pushing me from that moment. And, and as you know, you know, it's not an overnight thing. You don't mm-hmm. say yes to Christ and then wrap up your life in a nice little bow and everything <laughs> works out. So, you know, it took a couple years of struggle and kind of f- figuring out this calling. But uh, I'll tell you, when I, when I finally started to connect those pieces, well, God connecting these pieces for me of, hey, you know, uh, you do have purpose, and it's my purpose. You know, you do have a call in your life, and it's my call. Uh, you know, what a what a beautiful thing to be able to, I mean, what what more can we ask for, you know, to, to have such a, to work within the body of Christ and work with others to bring God's glory. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's one of the things we like to teach here and just encourage people to find for themselves. 
God has gifted us all from the very beginning. Even if we're using them for something else, God maybe has a different intention. And, you know, if we're, we're, you know, intentional to get close to God, he'll reveal these truths to us. And over time, we'll mature and grow in our gifts as you've absolutely done, uh, creating a major motion picture in theaters now. PaulMovie.com is the website. You can order tickets online, I'm sure, here in St. Louis. I bought them online myself. So, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, you, you mentioned this transformation moment going on in your own life. Is that why you connected to Paul's story so much and wanted to tell it? Yeah, it's just been so, so close and inspiring and encouraging in my own life to be able to look at, you know, I think there's always that doubt that, that the enemy tries to put in your mind that, you know, God God surely can't forgive you for these things you've done. You know, you, you know you're too far too far gone or, you know, you, you, you can never uh, be repaired or, or whatever it happens to be. And Paul's story, I was just, you know, it's so inspiring and, and such a great reminder of it. That's just absolutely not true, that God's love is uh, unconditional and God's love is, is big enough for anything and his grace and his mercy to, to look at a man like Paul and, and where he was at in his life and, and what he was doing. And then for God to say, I'm going to use that guy for, for my purpose. And to then change his life, and he goes on to, you know, become the greatest evangelizer right. the world has ever seen. I mean, it's it was it was very inspiring and something I held close to in those dark moments when, when the enemy is trying to convince you that uh, that God's love isn't big enough. Andrew, I want to ask you because I think some of our listeners would be curious. It's not something we get sort of the behind the curtain look at. So when God calls us to do things, it's it's you know. We, we sort of put ourselves in, well, this is not a big thing for God. Well, this is you know not as good as what the other guy did. But for you, I'm sure there was a process to get to a point where you were directing a major motion picture. So can you sort of walk us through what it was like to get to a place where you are today where you're able to do these things on sort of a larger scale? Sure. You know, well, I mean, uh, the practicalities of it, uh, you know, I went to film school and then I worked in the industry for about 15 years and just kind of, you know, work, work my way up, if you will. But then God kind of brought it all down. And, and I started to, you know, I started with really tiny films. I was writing and directing these very, very small films and trying to figure out, you know, my style and, and how I want to tell stories and why. And, and so, um, you know, when it came to making Paul, you know, I had made a smaller movie called Full of Grace, which is really yeah. about Peter's struggle in the early church. And it's something you could find on Netflix and, these things and that was sort of the first kind of moment that I started to piece together okay uh, you know I can I can you know make films that that have a purpose that have a that ha- that help people um, but you know that was a really tiny film I mean we made that film for I think two hundred thousand dollars and um, you know so to suddenly God thrust me into a moment where now I'm working with Sony pictures and and affirm films yeah. and you know, a major studio and, and with a, uh, a worldwide release of this movie. I mean, it's incredible, but, you know, it's been so humbling because I just feel um, that that it's so clearly God's work. Right. That I, I, there's never a moment where I've sort of been either, um, you know, discouraged or, or even encouraged. You know, it's this amazing peace that you can have. And I, and I pray for it for everybody, every believer, that when you know – that God's put something into your path and, and you just do the work, right? It's just do the work. And then the results are God's. Oh, what a, what a peaceful, um, joyful process it is. <laughs> you say peaceful and joyful, but then we look at Paul's life and go, well, sometimes it's a little rougher. <laughs> rougher. <laughs> That's true. Very true. <laughs> so what, what's the takeaway from uh, people who, who haven't seen the movie and you would encourage them, Hey, this movie's really going to help you guys. What are you hoping they, they take away from the movie on the ride home? 
I hope that there's certainly uh, some inspiring moments, some encouraging moments, uh, convicting moments where it causes you to really think about your own faith life and, and maybe in a good way challenge. Uh, you know, we have a tendency, I think, to kind of get into the groove and the rhythm of, yep, we got our Bible studies, we got church on Sunday, we got this, we got that, but then we, we kind of put our heads down and we just we just go through the motions. And I love this film because even for me, it challenges me to to really look at where our faith came from and, and, and where the gospel truly uh, lives and, and how deep and, and, and powerful it is. And, some, and it's even made me say, wow, maybe I'm, I need to kind of do, do things a little bit di- right. different or at least really think about these things more. So I am hoping that people get in the car after the way home and have the dialogue that you had, you know, talking about these scenes of like, wow, that really was powerful and moved me. And I don't think I, I ever think about these things. So, so that's what you hope for. Andrew Hyatt, director of Paul, the apostle of Christ. Uh, before we let you go, Andrew, uh, what's next for you? You know, I keep telling people God's plans are much better than my yes. plans, which <laughs> <laughs> I believe is absolutely true. So I'm, I'm just open, you know. I, I, I know that God will bring the right story. There's stories that I have in my mind. You know, I would love to do a King David, you know, kind of yeah. big mini series where we dig into the drama and the, the conflict of that. But I know that whatever God brings next is going to be the right thing that people need to need to hear. Well, Amen, brother. And in the meantime, everybody go see Paul, the Apostle of Christ, in theaters now. PaulMovie.com is the website. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. I really appreciate it, and God bless you, and thanks for all you do. Again, Andrew Hyatt, director of Paul, the Apostle of Christ film in theaters now. I want to thank him for taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us here on the new John Simmons show. When we come back, we'll discuss something he said while he was uh, sharing his testimony, which is that he didn't really think he'd be directing Christian films. Why is that important to writing your sentence? We'll discuss that when we come back here on the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Find passion. Find vision. Find faith. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. Welcome back to the program, everybody. New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network, with you each and every evening at 9 p.m. to encourage you to bring hope into your life through scripture, conversation, some great guests, and all the rest. And something I've learned along the way and continues to be something that stands the test of each person I talk to who's really walking in God's sentence for their life is that they're doing things they didn't see themselves doing. We just talked to Andrew Hyatt from the Paul movie, and he discussed that if you had told him he was going to direct Christian films, that he not only wouldn't have believed you, but he might have gotten in a fight with you about it. Interesting how when God gets a hold of you, he shows you how your gifts are used for the kingdom. Does that mean that Every film Andrew has to direct has to be a Christian film? Absolutely not. Does it mean that every conversation I have with somebody has to be about Jesus? Absolutely not. But what I see time and time again is that when you try to do something and find the perfect life that you have 
you could think of. I want to do this. I want to be married to this person. I want to go and accomplish this goal. If you try and do those things without Christ, you won't hit what he has for you. Because what I found and what you notice throughout the Bible as well, this is not just life today, is that when God calls you into the path that he has for you, the sentence we call it here on the show, the unique plan and purpose you were created and designed to fulfill, you end up in a place that you wouldn't have picked for yourself. I would have never in a million years chosen to be a Christian minister, to be a radio host who talked about Jesus. I couldn't even stand being in the same room as someone who was talking about Jesus years ago. Pat Williams, we found on the show, who is the founder of the NBA Orlando Magic. He wanted to be a baseball player catcher. Joe McGee, our Bible teacher, he was working in factories and he was an engineer. God called him to start a ministry. I have yet to meet someone who is fulfilling God's plan for their life and they told me, oh yeah, I've just known from the very beginning, even before I met Christ, that I was going to do this. No, it's proof that God shows us the way. It's true. It's the truth that God has a plan for us that's not our own. We're not just going to stumble upon God's plan. For those people out there who think that they're, they're just going to find the best life that they have and that when they get born, you know, when they, when they pass on, that God's going to be like, yeah, great job doing your will. I know you avoided mine, but you really did make yourself happy. You can find joy in doing God's work because the other thing I've seen is even when Andrew said, I wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have picked this, he doesn't want to do anything else now. He's found joy and hope. You can hear it in the way he talks. What about you? Do you have the hope and joy in your future? Are you excited about tomorrow? Do you really think, I mean, and you can just ask yourself this. When you wake up in the morning, do you feel like you're doing the thing that you were designed to do, that you were created to do, or you're on your way there if you are not doing it today? That's a tough question. It's a question I asked myself for a long time, and I'm still not where I believe God's going to take me. But I know I wouldn't have picked this for myself. It's, it's proof that God not only shows us the way, that he created it because he gives, he gives us gifts to succeed in our roles, even though we wouldn't have picked it out for ourselves. But I know that when I found what God had for me, it brought so much, uh, you know, such a unique perspective of my future to me. Made me think, oh my gosh, that's the future you have for me? That's so special. I want that. Andrew found the same thing. Pat and Joe, and I can go on telling the testimonies, but we've run out of time. The point is, is that the greatest testimony that you have to tell in your life is not what happened in your life before Christ showed up. Not the bad stuff, the sin, all the muck that you are, you're walking in before you got cleaned up through Christ. It's the story that your gifts and your talents and your design by God was used in faith to fulfill. In other words, what did you do when Jesus showed up as your Lord and Savior? Did you just go to church on Sundays? Did you go at all? Does your life look any different today than it did 10 years ago the day you got born again and got baptized? If things haven't changed in your life, if the transformation in your life hasn't taken place, we see it in Paul, we see it in the apostles when they were fishermen and all of a sudden they're ministers, we see it in David who was a sheep wrangler and then he became king, we see it throughout scripture and in lives today. God transforms people. When Christ shows up in your life, when God shows up and reveals to you 
your unique plan and purpose. It's not usually to something you would pick for yourself, but it ultimately is the perfect thing for your life. You can find that. Pray and ask God to show you. Ephesians 1 says that we can pray and ask God for spiritual wisdom and insight. The path God has for you is not that far away. Pray and ask God for it. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you, Andrew Hyatt, for calling in. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow's show, we won't be doing the live stream, but we have motivational gifts continuing tomorrow on Compassion. Don't forget to head over to NewJohnSimmons.com, catch the past episodes on the iTunes podcast, visit me on social media, The New John Simmons Show on YouTube, and at New John Simmons. Thank you, Curtis, behind the boards, all of you who are streaming live on Facebook and everybody listening on your radio. Until next time, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.